Welcome to the Supernatural Life Podcast with Chad Gonzalez, a podcast all about helping you connect with God so you can manifest God to the world. Now, here's your host, Chad Gonzalez. Hey friends, this is Chad Gonzalez. I want to welcome you to this episode of the Supernatural Life Podcast. It's our goal to help you connect with God so you can manifest God to your world. We're so excited to come to you this month. The month of August is going to be awesome. We've got some great meetings coming up. Uh, we're going to be in Big Bear Lake, California at Christian Faith Center, August 12th through 14th. So, so three days of meetings there. I will be leaving in there and going down to Bogota, Colombia. So excited about that. The wonderful people and the wonderful food. I love going down to Colombia. We'll be in Bogota and uh, Nepal, Colombia for nine days. And then we're going to be at Grace Church in Rockport, Missouri, August 28th. Going to have a great meeting there. And then uh, next month, in the month of September, we're going to be in Florida. We're going to be in South Carolina. We're going to be in North Carolina. Great, great stuff coming up. So if you're interested in seeing uh, the full schedule, go to our website. It's just chadgonzalez.com. And there's a link up there that says schedule. We would love to see you in one of our meetings coming up. We're going to be... The rest of this fall going to be more so in the south and all along the east coast. And uh, we're already working on the schedule for next year. So also just want to let you know about two things that happened in the month of July. First of all, we had the release of the Healing Academy online. So excited about that. This has been a process of developing different things. You know, we released that about two and a half years ago, the Healing Academy. And that was specifically for church small groups. That was the whole reason we designed that. But as it began to, to get a little bit more popular, other individuals started finding out about it and wanted to do it on their own at home. And so we made some changes so they could do that. But just with different developments over the, over the last two years and seeing the possibilities of doing things strictly online, we made the decision to go online with it and make it an actual school. Now, this isn't a full-fledged Bible school or anything like that. I'm basically looking at this as being like a supplement to Bible school, if you want to say, specifically in the area of healing. But the great thing about the way that we teach this is that, yes, the focus is on healing, but what happens is you truly begin to learn who you are in Christ because if you've been following us for a while, that's, that's from the, the place that we teach healing our union with Christ, your identity with Christ. And so when we're teaching healing in the Healing Academy, we're also teaching on righteousness. We're teaching on union. We're talking about spirit, soul, body. We're talking about our words. Like you began to truly change your perspective and see things from heaven's perspective and, and not from an earthly perspective. We're talking about fellowship with God and hearing from him and seeing from him. I mean, it's just great, great stuff. And so again, the focus is on healing, but you're going to come out of this truly knowing who you are in Christ and going a whole lot further in your fellowship and your relationship with, with God and hearing and seeing from him. So I want to really, really encourage you to go check it out. If you are a monthly partner with Chad Gonzalez Ministries, the great news is you get the Healing Academy for free. It's just something I wanted to do to be a blessing and so into our partners. And so if you're a monthly partner, you get to to join the Healing Academy for free and access all of that content free. If you're not a monthly partner with us, but you'd like to go through the Healing Academy, you can very simply go to www.thehealingacademy.com and you can purchase Module 1. 
And we've got a discount code for you right now, just celebrating the release of that. Uh, when you're in the checkout process, if you'll use the discount code, discount10, all uppercase and one word, discount10, that'll give you uh, $10 off of that. And so you'll be able to get it for $40 instead of $50. So take advantage of that. Also in July, the release of our latest interview with Sid Roth came out. It was so, so good. Such a powerful, powerful interview that took place there in the studios. And it was just awesome because they, they edited out a little bit of it, but you still get a glimpse of it. But it was so good because, gosh, the presence of God was so strong in that place. You know, it was funny because when we started the interview, or actually right before we were starting, uh, Sid and I, we were just talking about how just the weightiness of God, like his presence, I mean, you could just sense it was in the room. And I'm not saying that to sound overly spiritual or anything like that, but I mean, it was true. And, and then during the course of the interview, like I just got kind of choked up and I had to stop and, and just kind of, I took about 10, 15 seconds to kind of collect myself because I was just so overwhelmed by, by the presence of God in the place. and. Man, it was so good. But hey, if you haven't seen the interview, go check it out. Uh, you can go to find it on YouTube. You can also find it on their Facebook page. And uh, we've got links to it on our uh, social media as well. So great, great stuff there and great things going on. Lots of good meetings. We've got a brand new book coming out with Destiny Image. It'll be out at the very first of 2023. We're going through the finishing uh, stages of uh, touching up the manuscript and all that type of stuff. It's going to be a great, great book. So excited about it. And we're just thankful that you have come along and, and uh, we're doing this together and going on the ride together. God's been so very good to us. I like to say God's good to Chad, but you could also say God is good to you too. Praise the Lord. Well, hey, let's get into our message for this month. This is something I've been kind of chewing on for, for about a month or two. You know, the Lord had led me in some of my studies to go back and, and look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. Now, when I'm teaching on healing, and especially teaching on the life of God, I always go back and I start right here at this passage. It's my beginning place for teaching on the life of God. And so I've been teaching on that for several years now, probably about four or five years. But it was about two months ago. I really just sensed I needed to go back and look at Genesis uh, 1, 26 through 28 from a different standpoint. And as I began to read that, there was one part of verse 28 that continued to, to just stand out to me. And it was this word subdue. You know, in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 and 27, God said, let's make man in our image and our likeness. You know, we, we've all heard that. But then I was looking at verse 28, and I'm going to read Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28 to you in the Amplified, and it says this, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, and subjugate it. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subjugate it, putting it under your power, and rule over, and dominate it. Right here in verse 28, this is the command that God gives to man. This is the commission. This is the original Great Commission, you could say, that God gave to mankind. He said, I'm going to make them in my image and my likeness. And now the command, the Great Commission of man, 
was to be fruitful on the earth, to multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. So to go out to increase, not only uh, increase in number, but also increase in influence, fill that earth, and then subdue it. Now, when we've read Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28 over the years, it's kind of interesting because the only real takeaway that most people have taken from it is, well, go out and populate the earth. But friend, you have to understand that God had more in store for us than just going out and making babies and putting more people on the earth. Because if that was the case, he would have just said, I made you in my likeness and image. Now go make more people. No, he said, not only be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. I truly believe that fill the earth and subdue it was much more than just having babies. Fill the earth was much more than just putting more people on the planet. You have to realize that, that the rest of the earth did not look like the garden. And this isn't the focus of this month's podcast, this piece, but you'll notice that when Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden, the rest of the world didn't look like the garden. It was the plan of God that Adam and Eve would learn how to rule and operate and use their dominion and their words like God so that when they left the garden, that they would make the rest of the earth look like the garden. They were to fill the earth. But the point I want to focus in on today is this part about subdue it, or as the Amplified says, subjugate it. He said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subjugate it, putting it under your power. Notice what he he told Adam, put the earth under your power. Other translations say it this way. The CEB says, be fertile and multiply, fill the earth and master it. The CEV says, bring it under your control. The Living Bible says, conquer it. The Weymouth says, make it your subject. Now, again, this isn't talking about animals. This is talking about the earth. This is a powerful, powerful uh, thing right here, a powerful reality right here, if we'll truly open up our heart and allow the Holy Spirit to show us what God's original plan was. Now, within this, yeah, he says, uh, go out there and rule over the the birds and the trees and and all that type of stuff. But notice what he says here. Make Make the earth your subject. Bring it under your control. This word subdue in the Hebrew, it's the Hebrew word kabosh. Uh, K-A-B-A-S-H. And it literally means this in the Hebrew, to subject, subdue, force, to keep under, to make subservient, to bring it into bondage, to dominate or tread down. The New American Standard uses the phrase like this, to tread under your feet. To tread under your feet. Now, listening to that phrase, if you remember, Jesus made a comment along those lines about, you know, what we were to do with Satan. Satan is to be under our feet. We are to tread, tread over demons and demonic forces, right? What God is saying here in the very, very beginning, his great commission to mankind 
Make the earth your subject. Tread under it. It is to, it is to be under your feet like absolute authority and dominion. Now, if you begin to take this a little step further and you begin to look at the Old Testament saints, now remember, these are people, guys like Moses, Elijah, Elijah, Joshua. These are people who were not saved. You know, salvation wasn't made available yet. Weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. Weren't redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Not seated at the right hand of God in Christ. They did not have the position with the Father that you and I have with the Father. They were under the old covenant. We are under the new covenant of grace. We're redeemed by the blood of Jesus. We don't have righteousness on credit based on the blood of bulls and goats. You know, our covenant with God is not based on our works. Our covenant with God is based on the works of Jesus. And yet I want you to take notice of what some of these guys did under the old covenant, a lesser covenant than you and I have, a lesser position with God than you and I have. You know, when we focus in on the miracles and we look at what Jesus said, the same works that I do and even greater works you'll do, we focus on the, we focus on the healing aspect. And that is one tremendous aspect we need to focus in on but we need to enlarge our brain we need to enlarge our mind and truly grab a hold of all that God has called us to be and called us to do for example let's look at Moses you know if you go through and look at the life of Moses there was lots of miracles that happened for Moses lots of miracles that he did but some of the ones that stand out to me in regards to him dominating the earth, subduing the earth, one of those first miracles that he performed was turning the water into blood. He changed that. Another time that he subdued the earth was when he was standing before the Red Sea and he parted it. Now remember, this was Moses that did this. When Moses was standing before the Red Sea and the people were complaining and murmuring, and Moses said, step back and watch this great thing God's going to do. You know, Moses made this tremendous faith statement. And in reality, if you read that statement by itself, it's powerful. It's a great, great statement of faith. But God's reply to that statement was, hey, why are you whining to me? Take your rod, stretch it out over the sea, and you divide it. And so what did Moses do? He divided, he parted the Red Sea. Another thing that Moses did in dominating and subduing the earth, bringing the earth into his subjection, was when he caused water to come out of the rock. Remember, God told Moses to go and to hit that rock with his rod, that rod that represented the anointing. And he caused water to come out of a rock for millions of people and probably tens of millions of animals. One of the greatest miracles, if not for me, from my perspective, the greatest miracle that I read about in the Old Testament is when Moses got water to come out of a rock the second time. Now, it's, it's extremely interesting to me because God told Moses to speak to the rock the second time that they needed water. The people are complaining of thirst. But if you read the rest of the story, you find out that Moses, yes, he was angry at the people, but 
he didn't he didn't hit the rock twice out of anger just out of anger he also did it because he was in unbelief and it's the thing that cost him his promise his life one and his promise of being able to go into the promised land the bible tells us later on that moses was in unbelief over this and so he hit the rock twice but i want you to to take notice of this here's moses he's an unsaved man not filled with the Holy Ghost. He's not in union with the Father, not one with Christ. Doesn't have the position of righteousness by the blood of Jesus that you and I have. He's a former murderer. He's a sinner. And yet in his disobedience, he causes water to come out of a rock to take care of millions of people and millions upon millions of animals. We're not talking about a little bit of a sprinkle coming out of a rock. We're talking about a river of water coming out of a rock. And Moses did this in disobedience. And yet he still caused a river to come out of a rock and take care of millions. Think about this. A former murderer, current sinner in his disobedience understood his dominion and he calls water a river to come out of a rock. Some of us have a hard time getting water just to come out of our faucet. This man stood before a rock, hit it twice with his rod. See, he was so, con that's the thing, he was so conscious of his authority. Now, what God was endeavoring to do was help, help Moses understand the power of his words. He was trying to bring him up a level because everything Moses had done up until that point had been with that rod, or you could say had been with his hands. God was trying to raise him up another level, stretch him to another level to help him understand that his words carried that same weight. But Moses didn't believe it. So he did what he was confident in and bold in. He knew that rod represented the anointing and his dominion, so he hit that rock twice and caused water to come out of a rock. You have that with Moses in subduing the earth subduing it, forcing it, making the earth his subject. You have Joshua who, Joshua, he parts the Jordan River, divides it. And then one of the most astounding miracles is he commanded the sun to stand still. And Joshua wasn't saved. He wasn't born again, not filled with the Holy Ghost. He wasn't in the position that you and I are in. I don't even see in the scripture where he even asked God, is that even possible? Is this okay for me to do? Joshua, in the middle of the battle, commands the sons to stand still, and it obeyed him. You have Elijah who called fire out of heaven. I mean, he puts God on display and is in this heated debate with the prophets and puts them to the test and calls fire out of heaven. You also see where Elijah parted the Jordan River. You see Elisha, he parts the Jordan River. I mean, the Jordan River was getting, <laughs> it was getting parted all the time. Elisha divides the, the Jordan River. Elisha departs. Elisha divides the Jordan River. And then we also see where Elisha, he multiplied food. He multiplies it to feed a hundred men. And then we get to Jesus. Jesus, he's tempted by the devil in the wilderness to turn stones into bread. Have you ever thought about that? This wouldn't have been a real temptation if 
Jesus wouldn't have had the ability and authority to do it. Here's Jesus been in the wilderness for 40 days. He's hungry. And Satan, he tempts him, says, if you're truly the son of God, turn these stones into food. Well, notice Jesus' response. He doesn't say, hey, devil, don't you realize that's not possible? Don't you realize I can't do that? No. Jesus doesn't question his ability. Jesus knows that he can. And remember, this isn't Jesus doing life as God. This is Jesus doing life like you. He's doing life as a man, filled with God, anointed by God, in union with God. And he has dominion over the earth. He's been given the ability to subdue the earth and bring it under his control. This would not have been a true temptation if Jesus would not have had the ability to do it. Jesus could have turned the stones into bread. Remember, dominion, subdue the earth, bring it under your control. Jesus could have turned the stones into bread. We see Jesus subduing water, turns water into wine. We see Jesus calm the storm. He tells the winds, the storm, the hurricane to obey him. And then you see where Jesus curses a fig tree. And then Jesus, he walks on the water. Like all of these are instances of the miraculous, the supernatural, but very specifically in subduing the earth, making the things of the earth obey you. This is going far beyond causing miracles of healing to take place in the body. I'm endeavoring, not only with myself, but also with you, to help us expand our thinking, expand our mindset, and go way further than what we ever thought was possible. Because, friend, you and I are under the new covenant of grace. We are one with Christ through salvation because of redemption. We're one with him. We've been raised up and made to sit down at the right hand of God in Christ in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, every name in his name. We are one with the Christ, and we've been given his authority and his dominion on the earth. And we focused in on the healing piece, which is great, but I, I want us to expand and see everything that God has possible for us on the earth. Now, have you ever thought about when Jesus was walking on the water? Really, I mean, truly, what was the purpose in that? Jesus is walking on the water. It wasn't saving people. It wasn't healing people. It wasn't getting demons to come out of people. He wasn't delivering people. When Jesus was walking on the water, he was doing it late at night, in private, all by himself, where no one could see. The one time that he was on the water, walking on the water, and the disciples saw him, it actually says that Jesus would have passed them by, but they saw him. But think about this. Jesus is walking on the water at night all by himself where nobody can see. Now, we're not specifically told why, but I have a pretty good idea why. When you begin to look at things from this, from this standpoint, and you understand that Jesus is doing life as a man filled by God, anointed by God, in union with God, with the dominion of God on the earth, I truly believe that the reason Jesus was walking on the water at night all by himself 
was he was proving his dominion to himself. He was working on things by himself in his times, his private times, working on things in his mind, progressing in his revelation, and as a result, progressing in his dominion over the earth. I don't know about you, but when you tell a hurricane to stop and it obeys you, and then you stand on the water and walk across the sea, I think you've arrived at a point where you know anything is possible and the earth is absolutely yours. Think about what Jesus did as a man. Think about what Moses, Joshua, Elijah, Elisha did as a man, proving their dominion on the earth. And then one of the stories that takes place with Jesus and the disciples, and this is one that really stands out to me, and I don't know, I mean, I'm sure someone has probably talked about it over the years, preached on it. I'm not aware of it. But one of them that, that truly stands out, this particular story of James and John, you know, the sons of thunder. And there's a situation going on with the people, and they look to Jesus, and they, they make this statement. They said, Jesus, should we call fire out of heaven and basically burn them up? <laughs> Think about this. Here's these two guys, righteousness on credit, not born again, not filled with the Holy Ghost, but walking with Jesus. All of these guys have read the law and the prophets. They know the stories of Elijah and Elisha. They know the stories of Moses. They've seen these things in their scripture. And they look at Jesus in light of the situation and said, do you want us to call fire out of heaven and burn up the people? Notice Jesus' response. And I would encourage you, go look it up for yourself. Don't take, my, don't take it just because I said so. Go look it up for yourself. Jesus does not respond and say, who do you think you are? Jesus does not respond and say, guys, that's not possible. Jesus does not respond and telling them it's not possible to call, call fire out of heaven. That was only for Elijah. No, Jesus does not question their ability. Jesus questions their motivation. He questions their motivation. He questions their heart. He doesn't question their ability. Think about that. He does not question their ability. He questioned their motivation. He questioned their heart behind it. Something to think on. Now, think about this. We were given authority over the earth, right? We were meant to subdue the earth, bring it under our subjection, to force it, to keep it under, to make it subservient to us, to bring it into bondage into us. This earth, well, don't forget that your body is made of this earth. I mean, when you take your last breath, your body is going to go back into the ground. And not just go into the ground, it's going to turn into the ground. It's going to turn back into dirt. Well, if our bodies are diseased, if there's diseased parts, if there's missing parts, well, we have authority over our body. Why do we have authority over our body? Because we have authority over the earth. Why can we subdue our body and bring it under our subjection? Because we can bring the earth under our subjection. 
Our body is of the earth, and we have authority over the earth. Therefore, we have authority over our body. We can command our body to do some things because we have authority over the earth. So how does this take place? Well, it takes place ultimately by our words. Our words are powerful. Our words produce life or death. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. But friends, we cannot get our words to work for us if we simply see ourselves as an earthling. We must see ourselves as spirit beings sent from heaven and given authority over the earth. This is why Jesus said in Mark 11, Say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea. And do not doubt, but believe that those things that you say will come to pass and you will have it. He said, Say to this mountain, Be removed. Why? Because the mountain is of the earth. And he said, Cast it into the sea. Why? Because the mountains have ears. They listen to you. Trees have ears. They listen to you. Your body, it listens to you. Viruses, diseases, bacteria, they have ears. They listen to you. They are in subjection to you. Everything on this earth is in absolute subjection to you. And they will obey. They will obey. I know this sounds strange, but they hear. They listen. And they will obey you if you bring it under your subjection. But how are we going to speak to the mountain if the mountain is bigger to us than our words? Our words have to seem bigger than anything on the planet. They have to seem bigger than anything on the planet. And I've really began to go back and and now kind of studying along the line of our words. You know, the Lord had led me back uh, a year ago to begin to to restudy the whole spirit soul body connection and that began to lead me into this thing about our imagination we've got some good teachings that we've been putting out on the imagination i'd highly encourage you uh, go on youtube find these listen to them because as i began to study along our imagination then i began to see okay this is the connection to our words because how can our words carry weight how can our words manifest god if our imaginations are not manifesting God. I mean, it, it was a process to this, and I'm, I'm starting to, to put all these puzzle pieces together because I'm telling you, friends, we're going to get this thing looking like Jesus. I'll be extremely bold and confident to say it like this. Before I take my last breath or Jesus returns, as far as me and my ministry, we're going to have this thing looking like Jesus. I, I'll be the first to say I don't have it all figured out yet, but I'm telling you, I'm pushing, I'm pressing, I am willing to go beyond all the limitations, all the barriers, all the excuses that we have had in the past and even in our current day, because the more I begin to study in the scripture and I just take away, I take off denominational glasses and and I, I take away all the denominational barriers and just go back to the simplicity of the gospel and the simplicity of the things that Jesus said the simplicity of the things that God said, and truly looking at the fact that I am a spirit made in the image and likeness of God, given his dominion over the earth. And then told by Jesus, I could do the very same things that he did and even greater. 
because of salvation, because of redemption. Friends, I'm telling you, there's so much more available to us if we would simply open up our heart and say, Holy Spirit, show me. Holy Spirit, teach me. Reveal to me what's possible. Reveal to me all that I am and all that you've made me to be so I could manifest God, manifest heaven. This is why Paul told us in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3, set your mind on the realities of heaven. For you've died and your new life is now hidden with Christ in God. He said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you could prove the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. So you could prove the will of God. And what's the will of God? Heaven on earth. How can we prove the will of God if we don't see the will of God? We have to see it with our imagination so that out of the abundance of our souls, the abundance of our imagination, our words flow forth, and they flow forth with power. They flow forth with authority. They flow forth producing God because God has my imaginations. He has my affections. I'm so conscious of him that I manifest him. I manifest him. So, friend, I want to encourage you. Over these next few weeks, take time. Use your imagination. See yourself subduing the earth. See yourself taking things under your control and changing things. You know, I'll tell you this one story very quickly. Uh, and this goes along the lines of the power of our words and some things I'd been meditating on. You know, about a year ago, there was a marijuana farm that opened up about a mile, mile and a half away from my home. And it's actually right across the street from the city park. And I, be, I was driving by one day. I go, go the same route home every single day. And I saw a fence going up, and it was a pretty bad-looking fence. And I saw these little structures going up and knew exactly what it was. It's a marijuana farm and a very, very large one. And over the next few weeks, it began to grow and develop, and they're beginning to produce. And so we called the city, made a complaint to the city. The city said they were unaware of it. They started doing some checking, and they said that it was actually out of their hands because the way that the city had divided up the city limits was that this road, this particular road, was the dividing line between the city and the county. And so where the city park was on that right side of the road, that was city property. On the left side of the road, that was county property. And the marijuana farm was on the county property. So, I mean, it was pretty crazy that you have a marijuana farm directly across the street from a city park where kids are playing. And then it also upset me because it was, you know, about a mile, mile and a half from my house. And you drive by it and you're smelling the marijuana. They're not only growing it, but they're cooking it and making it. You're smelling it the whole time. And we had checked out legal stuff that could be done. Nobody could do anything. Well, it wasn't long after that. I was over in Kenya. And I was, I was there in Kenya back in November. And I had spent time uh, talking to some former uh, witch doctors. And we were talking about our authority, dominion, the power of our words and meditation. Uh, if you haven't heard some of those stories, we've got we talk about it in some of the prior podcasts and some of our videos on YouTube. You could go check that out. Uh, we actually talked about it in our, our recent interview with Sid Roth as well. But 
I was meditating on that for months about our words. I was just so impressed with the faith that these guys had in their words and their dominion. So I've been meditating on that for a while about our words. And every day I'm driving past this marijuana farm. Well, a few months ago, as I was driving by, it just hit me. I mean, again, I've been chewing on my words, carry weight and power. I was driving by this one particular day, and I saw that marijuana farm. I stopped. I backed up. I rolled my window down. I pointed my finger at it. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to dry up and die. And I rolled up my window, and I, I drove on. I was going to the store. Well, I didn't think much about it after that. And it was about two weeks later, I'm driving by, and I see a sign that's uh, on the fence, and it says, wood and tin for sale. I was like, well, that's interesting, but couldn't really see much because of the, the tall fence that was up. Well, a few days later, I go by, and I see the fence is being pulled down, and they're selling off the wood that they had made the fence, and they're also selling off the little wood structures that they were growing the marijuana under. I'm thinking, this is interesting. I wonder what's going on. Well, over the next couple of weeks, I began to see that the grass is growing up and the place looks vacant. And the house that was next to it, now it's vacant. And then a few weeks later, I see a for sale sign up. Now, this, this marijuana farm had been in production for over a year when I had driven by that one particular time and told it to dry up and die. And I saw that for sale sign go up. I pulled over. I got so excited. I started shouting and praising God. One, I'm not going to lie. I, I was a little taken back. I was like, man, it worked. <laughs> My words, they have power. Now, there's been plenty of times that I've spoken to some things in regards to healing. But this is the first time I was, in a sense, taking authority over the earth. This was something that was not only affecting my city, but it was also affecting my personal property, and it was going to bring my property values down. And I didn't want to drive by every day with my windows down, trying to enjoy the nice weather and smelling weed. But I took authority over that thing, and you know what? That thing is gone. That marijuana farm is gone, and the land is up for sale. And it was doing great for over a year until I opened up my mouth and told it to dry up and die. I took authority over that. I brought that earth under my dominion because that shouldn't have been there. It wasn't supposed to be in my domain, the domain of the king that I represent. So friend, I'm just telling you, there's more, so, so much more to who we are in Christ and all that we've been given. And I want to encourage you to spend some time meditating on that great commission to, to mankind in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. You are meant for far more than just multiplying and putting more people on the earth. You are meant to subdue it, to bring it under your subjection, to make the earth your slave. Well, friend, I trust that that got you fired up. It fired up me, and it's got me thinking even more. Man, there's so much more that we can do for God. But He needs us to expand our soul so we can expand our dominion, so we can manifest Him. If you're a partner with Chad Gonzalez Ministries, Thank you so, so very much for all that you do and all that you are. We just couldn't do it without you. And we're just so very, very appreciative for you. We, we pray and, and thank God for you every single day. If you're not a partner with Chad Gonzalez Ministries and you would like to become a partner, you'd like to become a part of the dream team, 
you can simply go to chatgonzalez.com. You can sign up there. And remember, all of our monthly partners get free access to the Heathen Academy. So again, it's a way that we can sow into you as well as a team and as partners together. Well, remember that in Christ, we always win. Have a tremendous God-filled month. And we'll talk to you next month with another episode of the Supernatural Live Podcast.